0: How well should you get to know your coworkers? Do strong leaders employ positivity? What do you value in the workplace? In this week's podcast, you'll hear more from yours truly. Learn about how I like to build connections and how that's been a strength in my own leadership.
1: Hello, and welcome to Learn to Lead, the podcast, where we talk to leaders about how they lead, what they've learned, and what they recommend for our journeys towards becoming better leaders. Today, we're joined by Meg Uren, who's the Student Engagement Programs Coordinator for Western University Student Experience. Meg, how are you doing?
0: I'm great. Helen, how are
1: you doing? I'm also doing well. We're very excited to have you with us today um, and to learn from all of your experience. Uh, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your education and how you came to where you are today?
0: Yeah, this is the million dollar question, isn't it? The one that we're, (laughs) that students are always looking for. Well, like so many people who ended up in student affairs, I didn't exactly choose this path in the beginning, right? So, when I came to university, I was thinking two basic goals. I was thinking history and a history teacher because I liked the subject. Uh, and I liked the idea of presenting, talking with people. That was all felt like natural, normal things. And then I also thought about social work. I thought, mm, I like helping. I like the idea of counseling and working in that field. And then in my very first year of studying at Western, I did well in history. I liked the subject material better. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll just be a history teacher. I did no research into what options were available. I did, I talked to no one. I just thought, yeah, I think that feels like a good goal. It's, it's good pay and it's stable. And and like so many people, that's as far as I got. And then I was very fortunate. So I completed my degree. I got into Teachers College I finished. And then within the first two months I was supplying and then I had a long-term occasional that I had a permanent role within a year. So I basically super launched, this was also a number of years ago, but I super launched into where I was going. And then when I got there, I uh, really hated it. <laughs> I really found that I was struggling. I liked the students and I liked the presenting, but I didn't like the classroom management piece. I I like to be positive and supportive and teachers have to be this disciplinary structured approach. And I found that really challenging. So. I did it for a few years. I was kind of disillusioned. I ended up participating in this program called SWAP, where I got to go overseas to Ireland for a year. And I just traveled and worked and took a break uh, at the age of 27. And I felt like I can't go back to teaching. It's not for me. And so I I gave up, my family thought I was insane. I gave up a full-time permanent teaching role. And I decided to, I sort of bounced around for a while. I did some adult education for a while. And then I finally identified this field, career affairs or student affairs, because it's doing a lot of the same things. You're working with students, you get this opportunity to really make a difference, but you don't have to teach exclusively all the time. And so as I learned more about it, I thought that's for me, it's it's stable, it's predictable, but it's also unique in a lot of ways. And so uh, I sort of ended up here after many years of bouncing around and finding myself like so many people. Um, and then I just recently completed my master's of education as well, just because I like learning and I wanted to sort of add some more depth to my experience. But uh, that is a little
1: bit about my long winded, sorry, uh, career trajectory. That's really interesting. Um, and And what has leadership meant to you over those years and in maybe some of those different roles as well? How has it changed and what does it look like?
0: I think like so many people, we get examples in our lives of people who do leadership the opposite way we want them to lead us. And then on the flip side, we have people lead us in ways that are really inspiring. And so in my very first year out of teaching, even though it was horrible and I struggled quite a bit, I had an amazing department head and he was so lovely and supportive and had humor and warmth, which I really appreciate in leadership. So I'm looking for that personalized leadership. I'm not looking for the the, uh, you know, sort of distanced, more stoic, you know, work is work, home is home, and not, never the two shall meet. He was a lovely blend where we had a really great, strong team dynamic. And so that leadership style really reverberated, revert, whoa, ver- ver- oh, I can speak. It really, it, I-, I connected to it in a main way. But on the flip side, I've had leaders uh, as well who, who lead in styles that I'm not, who are policy-driven, but uh, don't give a lot of context, people who make erroneous changes, you know, with very little consultation. So leadership for me, I've sort of honed, I steal strategies. This is what I think good (laughs) leaders do. They observe and work with lots of different people and then they take bits and pieces and they apply it to their own leadership style. And so for me, who I've had, you know, now I have 17 years of professional experience working full-time after university. And I've certainly worked with lots of people. And so I take bits and pieces, whether it's how you structure a meeting, how you start, how you recognize employee engagement. And I apply it in my own life. And that's really been been meaningful. So I've had bad leaders who teach me what not to do and really strong leaders who who I steal their good ideas from.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and which pieces have fit best with you, what would you say are your leadership strengths?
0: I really value autonomy in my work and in my life. Um, And so I want the direction and the support of people around me. I'm also a really, I'm a talker, Helen, you know this, uh, (laughs) because we know each other quite well, but I tend to talk out and I need an opportunity to say, I don't always know what I'm thinking. And so if I talk to someone, I can really assess oh, this is kind of where I'm coming from and I need that platform. But I also really value someone who gives me autonomy, who trusts that I'm going to do the work that I'm going to need to do. And I'm so fortunate because my leadership team that I work with currently really employs that strategy. And so I find I myself give to other people, you know, I think a fair amount of autonomy and I want to talk to you. I want to support you. I kind of see myself as a coach and anyone I'm leading, I want to be your coach. It's not discipline. It's not meant to be punitive. It's meant to be, what are we doing well? Tell me how I can help you. And then for me to think strategically about how I can empower that person to be the kind of leader they want to be. And I really appreciate it. And I also like connection and personalization. So, and I know it's not for everybody, but it works for me. And it's a strength of mine to, I want to know who I'm leading, who are you as a person, right? What do you value? What do you do outside of work? And that doesn't mean we're going to be best friends. And although that would be great. Um, it doesn't mean we're going to know each other in that way, but it does mean that I I care about forming personal connections to the people I'm leading. I want it to feel like a really strong team approach. So uh, I use that. And then positivity positivity is one of my top strengths. And I, I think whenever possible as an approach, let's focus as a leadership team. What are we doing? Well, Let's lean into those moments. And then on the flip side, things we're not doing well, we're going to address them, but we're going to come at it from a positive lens. And I, I think those, yeah, that's that's how I would describe my, my style.
1: And what would you say, just to dig a little deeper on those last two, what would you say are the benefits of being personal um, as a leader and creating those more intimate spaces and then also the benefits of being positive? I think... At the end of the
0: day, when you think about motivation for work, right, what makes us want to get up and do work? Is it, is it just pay? And it's fair enough if it is. For some people, at points in your life, you're going to work for a paycheck. But beyond that, why are you getting up? Why are you putting in the effort? What are you motivated by? And I've always found that for me, motivation really stems from a sense of engagement and connection. So being personal for me means that, uh, and I'm also a context person. I'm naturally curious about other people. So I kind of lean into that. So if you tell me, oh yeah, I'm getting together and and we're going to be going for a hike. I want to know, well, where are you going and what do you have? And how did you get into that? And is it something you do with the family? So those strategies that I've employed really help me form good connections. And I think as a byproduct of that style, it's also immensely happened uh, or helped me in my career journey. So when I was in my uh, student placement roles, where you're, you're, you're on site and you're doing it for your placement for Teachers College, I chatted and connected to everybody. I chatted to vice principals, I talked to other teachers, I volunteered. And so I naturally let that personability for me develop connections with other people. So when it came time for recruitment, they go to people they know, people they've worked with, people they have a sense of. And so it's always helped propel me in my own career trajectory as well because people wanna work with people they know. Why take a risk on someone I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna be someone I like? Am I gonna to wanna to spend time with you? So personal, personable connection and, and that emotional side of it helps me, I think, create a sense of motivation because we're working together, but also it's helped me in my other career journey And then the positivity piece, to me, positivity doesn't mean that I look at the world through these rose colored glasses, you know, Um, and certainly it's been a challenge in 2020 to be positive all the time. But I also find along that, that positivity helps me focus on what I think we're doing well and how we can continue to do it. And so positivity might be in a workplace scenario if it's um, a program that I'm running highlighting, okay, these are our key areas that I think we have the most engagement. So let's keep pushing those, let's keep refining those. And then for the pieces we aren't doing well, Either finding someone else who can fill those gaps is part of positivity. So, let's say there's a skill set I don't do particularly well as a leader. That doesn't mean as a team we can't do it. It's just perhaps something I'm not strong at. So, how can I pull someone else in to fill that gap and sort of share the load? So, um, yeah, I think that's that's how I've used those two.
1: Yeah, that's great. I think you're you're absolutely right. We like to work with people we know, and we like to work with people who are positive. It makes all the work do better. Um, mm-hmm. And so over the years, what are, what are some of the most impactful lessons that you have learned about leadership and maybe what experience or what leader taught you those things?
0: I have a real bugaboo. It's an old expression, <laughs> an old, old-timey expression about leadership and gender. Because sometimes, this is, this is my observation, okay, as a leader. I sometimes think people think leadership is a classic, um, what I would probably call, Um, typically male stereotype. So a leader who's a little bit emotionally detached, not too invested, not too emotional, right? Someone who's definitive with decisions, someone who, who, you know, leads with a singular minded focus on what they're doing. And I see that happen again and again and again. And I've especially observed it in a lot of female colleagues I've worked with who step into leadership roles, trying to figure out their style amongst it. So for me, One of the things I've really observed is that why can't a leader be silly at times? Why can't a a leader use humor? Why can't a leader really prioritize group interaction and connection, right? Why can't a leader um, lead with empathy? Why can't that be a high function and and feature as well as focused on getting to what we need to done, having accountability, all of those parts of it that I think we think in leadership roles. To me, I I like the idea of maybe untraditional leadership, (laughs) Or I gravitate towards leaders who maybe come at it from a way that's a little bit less formal, but also effective. Because I think you can have both. And I'm not saying in every instance, in every industry, certainly there's some challenges across the board. But I'm especially interested as we have more, maybe it's because I have a seven-year-old daughter and I think about her going off into the world, but I'm really interested in her being a strong leader. And I've noticed that when she tries to be assertive and stand on her own two feet, she often can get some criticism or people expect her not to be as outspoken. And so leadership for me has really been influenced by gender lately. Maybe it's just where I'm at in my life, But um, and and I like this notion of, of having a more relaxed form of leadership sometimes with still, you know, focusing on what we need to do.
1: Well, you have done a great job of not just learning, but also teaching that lesson, because that's one of the reasons I was so eager to work with you is you are someone I absolutely look up to as a leader. And you do such a good job of incorporating humor and personality and still being so driven and confident. So thank you for that.
0: Oh, Helen, you're so sweet. Yes, it's (laughs) been lovely with you as well. You learn from you learn from everyone you interact with. I had someone say that to me a long time ago. She said, you know, you're going to have many teachers in your life. So just seek them out, seek out the people mm-hmm. who are going to help propel you forward, because that's really going to be impactful on your I use the cliche word journey, but I'm going to use it. And I've always taken that to heart. And I think you do that exceptionally well. So if I plant a little seed of something that later on, you go to use that, that, uh, that makes me happy.
1: And see good people who you say I want to be like that because we become more like the people that we spend time with.
0: Hundred percent, yes. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, on the flip side, what are some of the greatest challenges that you've faced as a leader? I guess gender would be one of them.
0: Gender, yes, yes. That's one that I've certainly noticed. Sometimes I feel like I'm taken less seriously because I do use humor, Mm -hmm. and then I think if I ever wanted to step into a leadership role somewhere. Would I have to change my style because the expectation is, is if I'm too informal with people, that projects to other people that I'm not leading effectively. And I've often wondered that, that maybe perhaps I'm not taken as seriously because I do use a certain level of humor um, and an emphasis on community. And maybe that just doesn't, that's not classic leadership characteristics, but it feels authentic to me. So, Mm -hmm. and I think it's my strength. So I lean into it. I think, Another big upset was to, obviously, my intention was not to spend, you know, five years pursuing one field only to find out that I hated it. (laughs) And that was really challenging. Mm. Having to pivot and having to, and, and honestly, the amount of challenges and negativity I got when I said I was leaving teaching and I was going to pursue something else and I didn't know what it was, even when I said I was moving to Ireland without a job, and uh, a prospect people were a lot of family members at the time were thinking that I was just going totally rogue so (laughs) I've had some upsets to my career journey uh, and my leadership journey and I think though if you in those moments you have to have a certain amount of trust in to what what it is that you're achieving that doesn't come by accident I spend time on it right I spend time reading things that help me think more critically about what do I want to achieve. And I make lists. Uh, Every New Year's Eve, I have a girlfriend. We've done this for 20 years almost, where we get together and we talk about what intentions we're setting for the next year. So I spend time being conscious. We're doing it this year too. We already talked about it. That's great. So we set lists of things I want to achieve in my leadership, how I want to push myself forward. Those are parts of it. But challenges failure is a great tool. And as I know that everybody hears that, but it is really true. You know, I think about for students who I work with who, who ask, well, I want to pursue this. And I always say to them, Oh, so this is your first kind of thought after graduation of what you're going to pursue. Is it going to be what you pursue forever? Maybe, probably not. Yeah. I can't imagine that for everyone I'm, I'm talking to. And in fact, I know statistically they're going to make switches and changes, but it's important. I think to set that up, that change, uh, failure, you know, plan A, becoming a different plan, like so many other people before me, those are really, really valuable um, nuggets. And, and that certainly taught me a lot about who I am.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences. Are there any last words of wisdom or um, points of advice that you have for students who are looking to develop their leadership character and skills? Oh, yeah, this is like <laughs>
0: the the words of a 40-year-old woman and what can I impart on you? I think if you're listening to this and you're taking the time to listen to it to the end, you're already doing a great job because it shows you're really interested in hearing the stories of others. That's really helped me. If you collect the stories from other people, ask them about who they are, where they've been, that's where my best learning has been. And and it's the, the personal part of it. So to encourage people to, if they're, if they're collecting something like this, they want to know more. This is only a, a, a bit of the people you can connect with in your experience here. So reach out, ask questions, um, see what people will say. You know, learn from their experience. That's always been really a big beneficial part of my, my own experience, and that's what I would encourage them to do.
1: And one way they can do that is by listening to these podcasts, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking time for us today. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, yeah you too take care bye
0: thank you to Meg Uren that's me for talking with us today to learn more about learn to lead please visit learntolead.uwo.ca